0: You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com.
1: ...day is coming up uh, this Tuesday, and we have our friends and family list that's available if you text LIBERTY to the number that comes up on the screen. These are individuals that we're in personal relationship with that we know stand for our biblical values. Uh, it, It is amazing what happens when the church gets involved in their community and begins to establish righteousness and justice in the land. Now, this is wild because uh, at Mercy Culture, no one cared that we were feeding 25,000 families a week and all the things that we did in the community. But the moment we started getting involved and putting godly people in office, all of a sudden, we started ruffling feathers. As long as the church stays afraid in their churches or during COVID on their online streams... They got no problem, but the moment you start stepping outside the four walls of the church and expanding territory and taking back territory, wicked people don't like it. And so we saw the impact when Pastor Steve ran for office. We saw the impact of what happens when godly people step out. And so we've gotten behind many godly leaders. Uh, these are Christians. These are, these are individuals that are involved in local churches all over DFW that we know that are going to champion our biblical values. And so we call them friends and family. And so if you're one of those politicians that are here today, would you just please stand to your feet and let us honor you? Come on, can we let these amazing leaders know how much Mercy Culture loves and appreciates them? You may be seated. Tim O'Hare, would you remain standing? I wanna just acknowledge Tim O'Hare. He's running for a very important seat. This is county judge. So this person has the power to shut down the county. So remember when your children were suffocated and masked up uh, for the last year in schools and none of that made sense and businesses and churches were were shut down? His position that he's running for determined it. So one individual, determine the county judge is basically the CEO of the county. It's the most powerful individual in the county. And this is an important See, because this man has already promised that never again will churches be shut down. It's actually hard to meet with him for the first time because you're always serving at your church. See, he's not one of those politicians that show up on the Sunday before election day to make an appearance. He's actually planted in a local church, serves his community. And so when he wasn't teaching Sunday school, he finally made a time where he can come here. I looked you in the eyeball and I said, are you gonna bow and are you gonna break? And he looked me square in the eye and said, pastor, I don't know the meaning of the word. I appreciate you, your friendship, and uh, I'm looking forward to you winning on Tuesday. And just real quick, Phil Soros, would you stand up? I wanted to acknowledge Phil for something uh, specific. He's running for district attorney. Um, He has already uh, promised that he is going to support all the laws that prohibit abortion and not give an inch. I believe your opponent said a woman has the right to choose. I just wish women had the same right to choose the vaccination as they do abortion. (laughs) But what I admire most about you is that our friends and family lists supported your opponent in the primaries. And Matt Krause has been a friend of ours and connected with our church for uh, quite some time now. And as you two both as Christians, uh, that go to different churches, ran an integrous campaign and honored one another. And what I love about this is you came to all of these friends and family events that we had at Mercy Culture while we were supporting his opponent. And, and he was here for the night of liberty. We got to meet your wife. I got to meet your wife on the campaign train. My wife ran into your daughter. And we're like, who are these amazing people that are supporting Phil? And we had a, a, such great encounters. And so I love the integrity that you showed about supporting other godly men and women, even though we weren't supporting you. I've already voted for you, but I'm so glad... That you're here and that the friends and family are behind you and for liberty and justice once again thank you so much for your integrity and your christianity can we give phil a hand there might be a few people like i don't know about this politics and church so you're only a christian on sunday so you're christian for two hours a week and then you leave what your christianity at the door I don't think the church should be involved with separation between church and state. That was created to keep the state out of the church, not the church out of the state. And if you follow a thousand years of church history, the the church and the state were inseparable. So whatever religion, pagan or whatever, that the state endorsed, that was the only legal religion. So when America was founded, it was founded on religious freedom and liberty. What they were saying is this, is we get the right to choose to serve our God. It was founded on Christian values by men of faith that said the state cannot tell us what God to worship. This was not created, watch, to keep Christian out of government or politics. This was created to keep the state out of infringing upon the rights of the church. we've been brainwashed and indoctrinated that is partnered with your cowardness. So I don't want to infringe. I, I just don't want to push my religion down someone's throat. Well they have no problem forcing their religion indoctrination on your children. We've had to cancel almost every subscription there is. It's a shame that you have to police the commercials and the ads that are on streaming services for kids. Because I turn on iTunes and there's a picture of bros holding hands or grabbing each other's rears. Right next to the new children's show. They don't have any problem pushing it down your throat. Well, this is a place of business and so I don't know if I should you know put my beliefs on other people no, no no what you mean is you lack courage you lack faith and you care more about the money attached to business as you do the soul on the other side of that business transaction welcome to Mercy Culture Church we love God we love people we love mercy What's unfortunate is all the people that think I'm bold. Pastor, you're so bold. Really? Saying two genders is is bold? Man, my three-year-old's really bold too. Why has it become bold to live out your Christianity? Hold on. Public display of your faith is not just for salvation and baptism. Those are the outward signs that you've already determined in your heart that you're gonna live this public life for Jesus every day. But we've allowed us to be indoctrinated. And because the world is so much louder, and if we're truth, they may be a little more educated on laws and your rights, where they confuse you and intimidate you to be quiet so that you keep your faith to yourself and you don't let your light shine, your salt do its job, or your testimony produce fruit. Revelation said we're set free by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So there is a strategic assignment to keep Christians quiet and cowering in fear. So here's what we need. The church needs courage. It makes no sense to complain about how bad things are going on, but you never vote. It makes no sense to complain about the indoctrination of children, but you support candidates that encourage the child mutilation of body parts. It makes no sense. We have to be people that have courage and at the same time that we're informed and so that we can stand firm knowing what our rights are, what God's word says and having courage at the same time. And so I'm really excited about today because we're gonna do two things. I hope that you will find courage today in the presence of God, but we also want, you to, we want to inform you on really what religious freedom is. And so I've talked to pastors like, oh, it's just my job to preach Jesus. I know, but you know, if you lose your freedom, you won't have the ability to preach Jesus, bud. And the message of the gospel is freedom. That's the message of the gospel. He did come to set the captives free. And so it's so important. People all the time, they're like, well, you know, I don't know if churches should be involved in government. Well, the apostle Paul didn't think so. And all the time he was going to the governmental leaders to win over the governmental leaders, to warn the governmental leaders. John the Baptist didn't think so when he was rebuking Herod for living in immorality. Over and over, throughout the word of God, we see these men of God that had courage and stood up and, and spoke to political leaders. In fact, one time, Paul was illegally arrested and beaten without a trial. And he called upon his Roman citizenship in order to infiltrate the government, to have an audience with the government. He said, you illegally beat me. They're like, okay, you can go free now. It's okay, you can just go free. Let's, our bad, our bad. And he's like, No, 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 no. Bring me before the leaders that you didn't do the first time because you already beat me, but now you're gonna have to listen to my testimony. Listen, using your citizenship, the Bible teaches us to do that every means possible to advance the gospel. So this morning, we want to help you do that. We want to empower you, and we want to inform you. And so we have one of the nation's leading attorneys. Kelly Shackelford um, is the president and CEO of First Liberty, and what they do is they defend religious liberties across America. He was ranked Uh, one of the top lawyers in the last century in the state of Texas. He has argued before the Supreme Court. He has spoken in front of Congress, and he is a champion. He is a reformer. He is a godsend to the body of Christ. Would you please stand your feet, put your hands together, and help me welcome and honor Kelly Shackelford. So before we get into this, I wanna share how we met. I love this story, because we didn't know each other, but if you were unaware, Gateway Church was the sending church behind Mercy Culture. So I did a year internship at Gateway, and then they blessed us and sent us to plant Mercy Culture. And so. Uh, we were about a year and a half old. God spoke to us for uh, Pastor Steve to run for mayor. He begins to run for mayor. As he ran for mayor, I stood on the stage and I said, hey, uh, a 501c3 doesn't endorse candidates, but uh, I, I'm a person before I'm a pastor and I endorse my friend, Pastor Steve Panate, uh, as he's running for mayor. And the the corrupt secular media went berserk. And there was articles every week, they were doing all stuff, always mentioning me and Tim O'Hare together, it was awesome. And uh, they're saying, you're breaking the law, that's illegal, you can't do that. And someone took the video of that service, sent it to the gateway elders and said, hey, the church you, you planted is breaking the law. So the gateway elders took the video and sent it to their lawyer and said, is the church we're planting breaking the law? And I'm gonna paraphrase Kelly, but he basically said, not only they're not breaking the law, but more churches should be doing this. (laughs) Quickly, he became my favorite person in the world. And I so greatly appreciate not only what you've done for Mercy Culture, but what you're doing for churches all over the nation. And uh, I wanna just jump into it. you, you, you are arguing court, uh, cases from the Supreme Court fighting for religious freedom and liberty, and there is so much momentum happening right now that people are actually unaware of. Can you tell us these landmark cases that are, are taking place right now uh, that just got uh, overturned in the Supreme Court?
0: Yeah, um, if people don't understand this, there are 8,000 requests a year for the Supreme Court to take your case. Um, they took. They take up about 65 out of 8,000, right? So if our business plan had been one day, 30 years from now, I'd like to get two cases at the Supreme Court in the same term, that would be a fool's errand, okay? It just doesn't happen. We didn't just get two cases at the Supreme Court. We just got two victories within six days of each other at the Supreme Court. And... These are both really significant cases, I think especially for this church. Um, And the first one I'll start, and most people know a little bit, but they have no idea how big. The first one is a case called Carson uh, um, versus Macon out of Maine. Maine has for 100 years allowed parents, because most of their school districts don't have public schools. So they've allowed their parents to take their tax money and pick any public or private school they wish including out-of-state private schools. They'll let the parents make the best choices, right? But then they decided after 100 years, they were gonna add one thing, and that is, but you can't pick any schools that teach from a religious perspective. Well, we just won a six to three victory at the Supreme Court that says, anytime you have school choice, you can't exclude the Christian schools. That's unconstitutional. And here's the thing, that's big enough, right? Every school choice program across the country, from now on, you have to allow the parents to choose the religious schools, the Christian schools, if you have a program like that. But more importantly, the basis of the decision wasn't schooling. The basis of the decision was, they said, look, anytime there is a government program that provides benefits for people in a generalized fashion, You can never exclude on the basis of religion that it's a religious organization, that it's a religious individual. So I want you to think of what that means. Think of drug rehab. You know, Teen Challenge, which is a great program that offers Jesus, and that's what really turns people's life around in drug rehab. They couldn't participate in these government programs. Now they can, okay? Homeless programs, think of Think of now with Roe v. Wade being overturned around the country, states that will pass laws to help make adoption less expensive and get help to people. You can't exclude the churches, the religious organizations anymore. Every program around the country, now the church can fully participate and show we've got a better solution than you're providing and we'll show it with the results that we get excluding the Christian groups, excluding the churches, excluding the religious groups, no longer allowed, it's unconstitutional. This is amazing.
1: But some of you are like, okay, that's great for Maine. No, 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 but these set a precedence and it creates a ripple effect so now what that means is, is that every state in the, in the nation now can look to this law that was just, or this, this was just overturned in the Supreme Court and they can point to it. So in Texas, we don't have school choice. So you go to whatever school, either good or bad, of the district that you're in. So what this means, imagine if you could take your tax dollars and use your tax dollars to go to MC Prep. Or whatever Christian school that you wanted. So I know that uh, uh, Governor Abbott and and Ted Cruz have been working, this has been important things for these two guys, about making school choice a part of what's in Texas. So when, when, when these things happen, it has a massive ripple effect all across the nation.
0: Yes, and the other case I mentioned is even bigger. And that is, I think a lot of people heard about Coach Kennedy, our client, coach who was in the Marines for 20 years and then made a pledge that after every game, when they would go to the middle of the field and people would pull out their cell phone and make a reservation at a restaurant, the first thing he would do is go to a knee and thank God for the privilege of coaching those young men. And that's what he did for seven years, until they told him, if you go to a knee again, you're you're gonna get fired, we're gonna fire you. And he went to a knee and they fired him. And for seven years, we litigated his case. And most people now know, we won, and Coach Kennedy, this next football season, will be going back to the same school, to coach, and he will be praying, and they cannot stop him from praying after the game. But what people don't know is what happened within the decision, which is huge. And that is there's a case called Lemon. It's, it's, it was handed down in 1971, same court that gave us Roe v. Wade, and in that they made this stuff up just like Roe v. Wade. They said, yeah, we have this establishment clause that says we don't want there to be a nationally established church that everybody's forced to go to because that would take away from our religious freedom. They said, but we think it means a lot more than that. We think it means separation of church and state. We think it means that if you're offended by religion, you can bring lawsuits now. And so our whole lives we've seen attacks on nativity scenes at Christmas, you know, a menorah at, at Hanukkah, a, a Ten Commandments monument. Um, oh, you can't have any sort of religion going on around school. All this stuff, why? Because the founders were in favor of this? No, because of this Lemon case. And so three years ago we filed a lawsuit, uh, well actually it was before that, but it made the Supreme Court three years ago. It was a, a veterans memorial that was put up 100 years ago across to remember those who died in World War I until the American humanists came along and said, hey, you can't have this cross on government property. And sure enough, they were using the Lemon case and they got to the Federal Court of Appeals and the Federal Court of Appeals said, why don't we just cut the arms off the cross? That way nobody will be offended and we won't have to tear it down. And two to one, they said unconstitutional after a hundred years. So we went to the Supreme Court and we looked and we saw Kavanaugh was new on the court and Gorsuch and we said, you know, maybe we can try to get rid of lemon it's been cited for 50 years over 7,000 citations by cases but maybe we can go after it and so we tried to and we won the case seven two but five four they said we're not following lemon for the first time they didn't overrule it but the crack in the armor was there and so i sat down with our attorneys and i said look this is big but we have got to drag this into all the other areas. Uh, religious freedom and attacks on religious freedom have been going on because of this Lemon case you know, for our whole lifetime. It's gonna take us 10, 15 years to drag this into the schools into all these other places. So then we get Coach Kennedy. Coach Kennedy case is, is the first case, before Coach Kennedy, no case had ever made the Supreme Court over the rights of teachers or coaches with regard to their faith in the schools. And we said, you know, this case is gonna affect millions and millions of people. We can't go for the get rid of lemon. That's like going for a grand slam when a single would win the game. We could cost our case. So we didn't make that argument. So we're in the Supreme Court, and during the middle of the oral argument, out of nowhere, Justice Gorsuch and Kavanaugh start saying, you know, I think it's time we get rid of this lemon case. And our eyes, big as silver dollars. We're in shock. And I'm sitting down with Coach Kennedy when the decision came down, and he's like, did I win, did I win? And we're like, "Yes." Yeah, we're reading. <laughs> and we read along and it says lemon is dead. And then the dissent is going crazy that lemon has been overturned. Everywhere a cross went down, everywhere a Ten Commandments went down, the cross has come back up. Everywhere that prayer was taken out, it goes back in. Seven thousand citations overruled overnight. Okay, you know we we realized. Uh, you know, I had a, an aggressive one of our more aggressive attorneys burst into my office and say, "Okay, I need twenty million dollars." And I'm like, "Whoa, what? What? I need twenty million dollars." Every one of those need to be reversed, all 7,000. We need to go into every single community. We need to reopen the case. We need to pull the 10 Commandments out of the closet. We need to put the prayer back in. We, I need a lot of money because I need all these people. And I looked at him and I said, no, we don't need to bring the country back. The country needs to bring the country back. So we're creating a project. It's called Restoring Faith in America. We're gonna put online, we already have. just last week, um, it's RFIA, I think we got it. Yeah, RFIA.org. And it just is real simple. Here's what just happened. Here's what you can do specifically. You go into your school board and say, why aren't you having prayer at the school board meeting? That's totally justified under the Constitution. Why? Wait, you took down the Ten Commandments. That Ten Commandments needs to come back up, okay? <laughs> and, uh, you know, how many of us have kids or grandkids that are play football? I mean, why don't you go ask the other players on your team, even the other players on the other team, if they want to come together and pray after the game's over. In fact, invite the coaches to join you because they can join you now too. You start doing it. It's already happening. We're getting pictures from around the country of people doing this. And as people see it, more and more of this is going to happen. So this is, in, this is not playing defense. We are now on offense. The ruling's in our favor. We just have to go and do it. So what you're saying
1: is that we are living in the most religious freedom atmosphere we've ever had in our lifetime.
0: Yes, every American alive right now has more religious freedom than they've ever had in their lifetime and we're just at the beginning of this process. God is doing something dramatic right now. It's so important that the people of God hear this
1: because when that intimidation comes, it causes you to shrink back or not step out. I don't want to ruffle feathers. I I, I don't want to to, to cause a scene. You know, when you said uh, that Coach Kennedy had been doing that for seven years, I immediately think of Daniel. (laughs) And Daniel wasn't causing trouble, he was praying. But some troublemakers said, hey, let's make prayer illegal. But a majority of Americans were like, oh, if prayer is illegal, then Romans 13, and we just need to just obey our government. Well, it goes on to say that the government's job is to do good. So if your government's ceasing to do good, we have to break this mindset. Listen, when, when, when the government uh, partners with fear or your cowardness, then it's easy to say, oh, let's just listen to the government. But you never said that when people were smuggling Bibles into China. So if it's illegal to have church somewhere, then, then, then we'll be bold. But if it's illegal to go to, like where are we drawing the lines here? Do you see what I'm saying? Listen, they're trying to take as much ground as they can, but this is the wild part. They don't have to take any ground if you give it away. Amen. If you're too afraid to step out, why does the enemy need to attack you? Why, why does demonic principalities need to mess with you if you're not a threat? Yes. So what, what, what I want you to be aware of is this, is that we need spiritual courage to be able to stand up like Coach Kennedy, like Daniel, say, listen, I'm not causing trouble. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to here to make problems, but you can't tell me I can't pray. You can't tell me that we can't have Bibles in school. You can't tell us that we can't profess our faith. You can't tell us that we can't worship. Guys, it was just a year and a half ago that, that, that Governor Newsom in California said you can't worship, you can't sing. And what's wild is this: is people are like, "Oh, California is really bad." I know, but but churches in Texas voluntarily shut down. When our governor said church is essential, they still shut down. Listen, we cannot willingly give up territory and what you're hearing from one of the greatest lawyers in America is that we have more religious freedom today than we ever have had in our entire lifetime and now is the time to stand up
0: get bold and get loud amen amen I I don't know how many of you uh, uh, are Lord of the Rings fans. I, I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, there's a lot of uh, good and evil imagery and, and even the Rings of Power, the new version I, I've enjoyed. But there's a scene that's somewhat typical both in, the, in what's come out in the past and what's come out recently of when you see darkness and evil almost covering the entire country. The physical view of it is even there. You can see that evil has taken control and it looks kind of hopeless. And then it's almost like the camera goes up and starts to move across the country. And eventually you get in the corner, this light beginning to come up. And as you look closer, it's warriors with swords coming at the evil. And it begins to spread all across the country. And of course the good wins, right? And I'm watching this recently and I feel the Lord quicken my spirit to say, this is you, not me, this is you right now. Okay, that I've fought my whole life for religious freedom. What's happening right now is beyond anything I could ever have imagined. Okay? These cases that were overturned, the the switching, the, the the victories, and we're just at the beginning. I mean the army is just forming, right? So something huge God is moving right now in a way that if you don't live in this arena, you, don't, you probably don't understand how incredibly outrageous what is going on right now. But I'm telling you, God is doing this. And, and what I feel like is, our kids were captured in the castle, right? And we've been picking with little axes at the bricks, making effort. God just dynamited a hole in the wall. And we're all now standing next to the hole going, you think we should go in? I think we should go in. I mean. So
1: let's talk about why people don't go in. So we already talked about boldness and courage, and this is something that you're gonna have to take at your daily encounter and find it. But then there's another part, and that is information. And there's a lot of people that are bold and lack information. Uh, and then there's, there's some people um, that, that are ready to go. They just need to be equipped. There's a little bit of feedback if we can get that taken care of. And so there's a statement that strikes fear in the hearts of so many pastors, so many churchgoers, and it's that separation between church and state. And we, we, I said it at the intro, but, but people are terrified of just, well, separation between church and state. And even though they don't understand, I already mentioned, it's to keep the government's reach out of the church. It's not to keep Christians out involved uh, in their government. And so, but there's this, there's this almost like this scare tactic, this in, intimidation thing that comes to try to keep people afraid. and and if there's any pastors that are watching or or watch the live stream, like what you're really talking about is, is the potential of losing your 501c3, big whoop. Jesus said, pay Caesar what Caesar's. So at the end of the day, what you're basically saying is you're not gonna step out and help people because you're afraid of paying taxes. They're not even saying we legally can't speak out. They're threatening to take your 501c3 away. So take it, and we're going to preach the gospel. But here's the thing: as I hear this all the time, I, I, I got a, a call this week on my personal cell phone from some reporter that ha- got my number. I'm pretty sure Pastor C gave it to him after all the teasing <laughs> I did with him in the justice run. But, but, but. Here's the thing, watch, this is really important. Because the reason why they're pushing on us to try to intimidate us is because we're taking territory. And so they, they, they come in and they say, you're breaking the law. This is what they say, you're breaking the law. Well, what, what, what law are we breaking? Separation between ch- church and state. Well, no, we, we didn't break any law. And we're Christians when we go to church and when we go home, we're still Christians. And then they, 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 they quote the Johnson Amendment. Now, this is important because some of you have been going back and forth with people in left-wing media and news and secular uh, news and and, and bloggers and trolls and things like that, and they say stuff like, well, your church is breaking the law and the Johnson Amendment, and you don't know how to respond. So let's hear it from Kelly. What is the Johnson Amendment?
0: Yeah, and first, let me step back. The words separation of church and state are not in the Constitution, okay? Nowhere. It says, the very first of the Bill of Rights says, Congress should make no law respecting an establishment of religion. We don't want there to be a national church or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Free exercise of religion is what this is about. That's why we don't want there a nationally established church. Now, if you agreed with the concept of separation of church and state, it seems like the last thing you would want is for the government to come into the pulpit of the church and say, we're gonna come after you if you say things that we don't want you to say. That's the ultimate violation of this. You know, some, one church might think, well, we shouldn't really speak to the political issues today. God bless them, that's their theological decision to make. But if another church says they are, who is the government to tell them they can't make that decision? That's a theological decision based upon their understanding of the Word of God and being led by the Holy Spirit. The government has zero authority inside the church to tell the church what they can say and what they can believe. So, the Johnson Amendment. What does the Johnson Amendment say? What the IRS would say that there are only two things that the 501C3 entity, the church entity, can't do that. And by the way, the pastor can do whatever they want. This is the church entity. Well, the pastor can do anything he wants. The pastor can, can, the pastor, the pastor can be the campaign chairman of the candidate. The pastor can be the finance chairman. The pastor can run for office themselves. So the, 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 I mean, whatever they want to (laughs) do.
1: What? That's not a five-fold minister gift. They have the gift. So, so let me get this. So, so, so I legally, you as a lawyer, one of the leading attorneys in the nation, are telling me that I can endorse candidates. You can endorse whoever then you I want. Then I endorse Tim O'Hare.
0: You're, you're a citizen. Right? Can I endorse Phil too. You're a, you're a citizen. You can endorse. What they would say is I endorse the, Phil. The church entity. Can we keep going down the cannot aisle. Cannot endorse one candidate over another, and the church entity cannot give resources to one candidate over another. I have not seen any people who want to do this. Like, tell me a church. Tim
1: probably wants us to endorse resources. I'm sure he does. (laughs)
0: Nobody's saying First Baptist Church of, you know, whatever endorses candidate A. I mean, it's just not an issue. They're certainly not saying, hey, we want to open our coffers to all the politicians. I mean, it's just not happening. So, this is what you can't do. What can you do? I mean, there's zero question about this. You can speak to any moral issue you wish to. Doesn't matter if it's a political issue or not. You can speak to any issue, that's what churches do. Abortion, you know, man and woman. I mean, all the things we're talking about. There's zero question that that is not a violation of anything. In fact, it's protected, right? But what I am telling you is, you can even invite the candidates to a certain race. If you invite all the candidates, come to the church, stand up, and then get questions. Guess what? Only the right candidates show up when you do that because the other ones don't want the questions. Um, So you can do, but what I'm describing to you is what the IRS would say, okay? What I'm saying though is, even if the IRS said what they're saying, there's still a First Amendment. So let's say a church decided, as a church, we're endorsing candidate A. The IRS would say that's a violation. Well, the IRS regulation is now up against the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and we're talking about in the the pulpit of a church. The IRS does not want that case, and as a result, there's been thousands of pastors who have given sermons, they have endorsed on behalf of their church in the pulpit, they have sent a copy of their sermon to the IRS, and the IRS has never wanted to bring that case because they know the boogeyman would be over at that point under the First Amendment if they did.
1: So if they actually took a, 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 a church, 501c3, and then this went to the Supreme Court, and it was the First Amendment versus the Johnson Amendment, it would be overturned, and then all the pastors and churches wouldn't be
0: afraid of them anymore. Yeah. If that happened, what would happen? What What would happen is this law that was it was slipped in uh, the Johnson Amendment really applies only to nonprofits. It was never intended for the church. This was Lyndon B. Johnson in his campaign. He he didn't like that there were some conservative nonprofits speaking against him, so he slipped this in to try to keep them from criticizing him and getting involved in political races. And so that's what it's for. It was never intended for churches. I mean, if they would've tried to pass a piece of legislation to tell the church what they could say on Sunday morning or even a synagogue on Saturday, nobody would dare do such a thing. And so that's why they don't want the case involving religious freedom of the church and to speak what they believe. But even if you go by their rules, their rules are so small on what you're not allowed to do. Don't endorse as a church entity. Don't give resources to one candidate over another. People don't wanna do that. You know, that's, I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can endorse whoever you want. You know, I've got people on my board. We're a Christian organization, right? Who, we disagree on who we're supporting. And you know what, we go, man, I love freedom. You know, you're wrong, but I love freedom. And he says, Oh, you're wrong and I love freedom. That, that, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: So uh, everybody that has saw, seen on posts or on uh, news articles for people that don't like our church because we're stepping out and being bold and they're saying your church is breaking the law, your response as a lawyer is what?
0: It reminds me of all the years that we have dealt with school districts when like a kid would go in and say, hey, I'm seeing there's all these clubs, I want a Bible club. Oh, we can't do a Bible club, why not? Well, it's against school district policy. What I would always say to that is, great, show me a copy of your policy. Guess what, they don't exist. So in this case, you're breaking the law. Oh great, why don't you you show me the law I'm breaking and show me specifically how I'm breaking it because it's a lie, it's not true, right? It's, It's an attempt to intimidate instead of knowing what the real law is. And again, even if you had an extreme situation where a church was as an entity endorsing, then you'd say, oh, I wonder how that stacks up against the First Amendment of the United States Constitution.
1: So, out of the tens of thousands of churches all over the nation, okay, over the last couple hundred years, how many churches have lost their 501c3 because of this? There's
0: only one church in the history of the, I guess it's over 70 years now since this legislation, it was uh, a church that in the election when Bill Clinton was running for president, they put a big ad in USA Today and said, our church is telling you to not vote for Clinton, that he's, a, he's really uh, an arm of the devil. And uh, they thought, you know, maybe that is an endorsement of somebody in that race. <laughs> and, they, and they went to court and they went all the way up and they said, yeah, okay. Uh, they lost their tax exempt status for one day. That's what happened. So, in the history of this law, one church who took out an ad in the newspaper calling President Clinton the devil, lost theirs for one day. One day, and they just got a new nonprofit the next day, and they went on their way.
1: I want you to see this. Look what you've been intimidated by. Now notice that Goliath didn't even have to fight. There's no scripture that talks about how amazing of a fighter he was. There's no examples of it. Yes. He was just 10 foot tall. Yes. He was intimidating and he would come out every day and he would mock God. He would mock the Israelites in a spirit of intimidation. Watch, according to scripture, kept them all terrified. Until one young boy, said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the living God? One young boy had courage to take on this spirit of intimidation. You know what I think is interesting? is uh, they, they, they don't attack the churches that partner with unrighteous candidates. The reporter that was calling Steve and I this week, I don't think they called the church that just had Beto O'Rourke at their church last Sunday. <laughs> Do you know why? Because you're not persecuted for unrighteousness. You're persecuted for righteousness. So when we have godly men and women that are running for office and we bring them up and say they're godly, we will be persecuted for righteousness. But if you have a candidate that wants to kill babies, mutilate children's body parts, and it wants to shut down churches if they preach the gospel, they have no problem with that. Do you see the hypocrisy? Listen, this is a spirit of intimidation to keep the church silent. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's not going to work at Mercy Culture it's not going to work here. Come on. It's not going to work with me. Listen, we have to be a people who have spiritual eyes, that have spiritual ears, that can discern what's going on in our nation. Sons of Issachar that know the signs of the time. Listen, the reason why that you're being persecuted is because you're doing something. The reason why we get attacked in the media with Tim O'Hare is because we're doing something and we're taking a stand. We need Somebody that has a backbone that has courage that will stand up and be light in the darkness, will be salt in the earth, that will bring truth to expose the lies. They need somebody that will take territory. <clears throat> Hear me today. Quit letting people intimidate you. Oh, because you're this color of skin, you better not say that. Or oh, you better be careful, don't post about a conservative candidate. The friends will see it. I don't know if I want problems with my family, Thanksgiving's coming up. Huh. Did you hear about this lemon law being overturned? Did you hear that testimony? You know something that will bother your flesh? President Trump put those judges there. Hold on, hold on, hold on because there's a bunch of people offended because they live in the flesh. I didn't say he was a moral man. I didn't say he was a nice tweeter. I say there's been people that have prayed and fasted for decades for the right Supreme Court justices. Do you know Samson wasn't a moral man? Have you read the story of Samson? Was it me or was he always with prostitutes? I wouldn't choose to go to his church. The good news is, is President Trump wasn't your pastor. How many are thankful? Hold on, hold on. But if in your heart you just rolled your eyes and bumped the person next to you and you got offended that Roe v. Wade was overturned and the Lemon Law was overturned, what side are you on? No, no, but hold hold, hold on a second. Don't Don't shout me down, Pastor Jasmine. (laughs) We have to expose it. Listen, you can say, look it, at, look it. At, this, this, this person, I don't, I don't agree with their lifestyle. I don't agree with what they're doing. I, I, I'm, I'm not for that. I don't support that. But I'm looking for who is going to establish what the Bible teaches us to establish. Are you hearing my heart? It's like when you're dealing with someone that's, that's struggling with a sin. Or are they're, are they're battling something. You're not saying that person is evil. You're like, hey, they got some issues that they need to be delivered of. Watch, the things that they're dealing with is evil. But that doesn't make that person. You see what I'm saying? So what we're saying as a church is that we're warring against these principalities. We're warring, about, warring against these evils that are trying to destroy our nation. If you cannot see this religion coming in, this, and I I know it sounds weird to say out loud because we grew up watching movies, or at least I did, I'm 39 years old, where you're like, how evil is communism? Like, it's coming back. But it's not communism. It's it's a religion. It's a false religion. You watch this. Baal worship is back. That's what this is, it's Baal worship. Sacrificing babies, mutilating body parts, this perversion, and no no religion, no truth can be told except for the truth of the state. Listen, this is Baal worship. This was the original enemy of Yahweh. This is what brought fire down from heaven to consume the altar. That is what we're seeing take place. Please hear me, because there's some people that don't understand, and they're like, well, how come you didn't bring up a Democrat? Well, introduce me to one that's not supporting abortion. No, I know people have a hard time with that. But you have to choose your Christianity over whatever cultural view you were raised in. jesus said this who's my father who's my mother who's my brother who's my sister it's not those that look like me those that are about the father's business What would happen if God's people made a decision, watch, before my culture, I'm kingdom. Before a political party, I'm kingdom. Before my friendships, I'm kingdom. What I desire is for his kingdom to be established in the earth. Jesus said this, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What? And his righteousness and everything else would be added. I wanna be very clear. I'll say this in front of my, my, my political friends. I don't consider myself a Republican. The more I've gotten involved in politics, I've met some really corrupt Republicans. Some hypocrites, liars. Guess what? You meet people like that everywhere. Listen, it's not about a party for me. It's about godly men and women that I know will stand up for God's word and do what's right. I didn't look at one party line. I'm looking at people that will stand and do, who will establish biblical values in our society that will fight for our freedom, that will represent me and my family. That's what I'm looking for. I, I, I kid you not. I just, is it okay if I just minister for a second? Yeah. Pastor Ryan, would you just pray? I was planning on doing this later this year. Man, I felt this demonic lie when we were in Washington, D.C. Heather and I and Nate, and Pastor Steve, were there two weeks ago, last weekend, with Let Us Worship. And I had all these interactions with strangers that were really cool and they were very kind. And they happened to be over and over and over with black people. And we went to this restaurant and there's no seats, there's an hour wait. And this cup was about done, this guy waved at me. He's like, hey brother, you waiting? I said, yeah. He said, give me two minutes to so get my seat. Let me finish my drink. So I waited for him. We just started talking, two minutes turned into 20. Introduced to their kids going to Howard. Heather had a 20 minute conversation with his, his wife. They happened to be black, we happened to be white. We didn't choose that. We just bumped into each other at a restaurant. Exchanging numbers talking heart to heart, celebrating the success of his daughter with them. Then we look across the table. My friends Deborah and Joff are there. They're across the restaurant. They happen to be white. They happen to be with three black guys. They didn't choose who they're going to sit by. They just ended up at a restaurant with three people they never met. There are three friends that had a friend die, and so they were there to pay for and make sure their friend that died's daughter got into Howard University. And one of the friends had several palsy. And Deborah's like us, she's radical, so she came over, because we knew each other, we met last year. She's like, I brought anointing oil with me today. I love it. She's like, just in case something like this happened. She's like, hey, believe. We're going to believe that those guys get healed. Once you know that they messed up on their order and they're there for an hour, there talking to him, everyone's food was done. Watch. It was just a God connection. Then about three or four more interactions happened like that. We had these encounters. Met this guy in the elder, elevator. He was an older gentleman. I got on and I said, Good day, sir. He said, How you doing, young man? I said, Good, sir. He started complimenting me. I started complimenting him back. This beautiful man. Happened to be black. On this elevator. So much kindness. So much love. I was like, man, I'm in a city that I've only been to a few times. Running into people that I don't know. So much kindness. So much love. To complete strangers. Maybe there's a demonic attack that's trying to stir people against each other. That's trying to keep unity. That's trying to keep people apart. Maybe if if you were the devil and you wanted to destroy a society, if you wanted to break up churches, what would you do? And then I see our church that's black and white and brown. Full of people that just love the presence of God. Community of people that love serving one another. Listen, there's something special happening. This is something that's worth fighting for. This is something, listen, that's worth stewarding. I'm glad four people are excited about it. I want you to hear my heart today because this is a beautiful community with all sorts of color and you need to hear this we're not backing down to justice we're not backing down I want you to hear your pastor if you're just visiting you're listening to a family conversation we're not backing down so if God has called you to this house and this community, and you love the presence of God, and you love people in this community, then this has to be something that's worth fighting for together. That we're saying, listen, we're not breaking relationship. We're not breaking friendship. Listen, we're fighting for the same thing. We're fighting for truth. We're fighting for justice. We're fighting for righteousness. We're fighting for peace. We're fighting for everybody to be treated with respect and dignity and honor. Listen, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you're male or female. I don't care about any of that stuff. Here's what I care is that we're brothers and sisters of Christ. We're in the same family and we want to see justice in the earth. We want to see righteousness in the earth. We want to see our city know God, our state know God, our nation no God. Come on, church. This is worth fighting for. I want to do this right now and then we're going to pray for our guests. Right where you're at, all over this place. I want you to find someone around you that doesn't look like you. Either black with white, white with brown, men, women, young, old, find someone and just bless them. Pray the benediction over them right now. Just pray the benediction, turn to somebody right now. Come on, bless them, bless them, bless them. Tell them, look them in the eyeball and say, I bless you in Jesus' name. Throw the benediction up on the screen so they can see it. We pray this right now, teach us your ways that you would know you and find favor. Come on, pray this, we pray that you would know God. We pray that you would know God. We pray that you would know God. Come on, bless somebody. Hug somebody. Love on somebody right now. Come on, tell him I bless you. I bless you, I bless you, I bless you. Come on, they told you not to hug people for two years. Give someone a big hug. Give someone a big hug. Come on, that brotherly love. Don't make me start quoting some King James kiss each other with a heavenly kiss. Don't make me do it. Don't make me. I'm going to invite all of our friends with, for liberty and justice, our friends and family list up to the stage. Kelly, would you come and join me? Kelly has a, a website that you can go to. He's got a, a group, a, a booth in the foyer to answer questions on more ways that you can get involved. But I feel like we're supposed to just, like Mercy Culture does, could you let Kelly Shackelford know how much you appreciate him? all stretch your hands towards him right now darling when you come pray with me would you pray over kelly
2: hi kelly so father i pray the fire of god that is already within kelly i just pray right now a multiplication of the fire of god right now with the laying on of hands we just declare that the fire that is there we fan that flame right now declare that the boldness of God we ask for more on Kelly that you would give him the eyes to see the ears to hear the discernment and wisdom from your Holy Spirit to know the areas to step out in oh God I pray for new levels of freedom in America for your house oh God Lord that you would give this man downloads I'm reminded when we prayed over you at Justice Night where I saw heaven's strategies being released to you. Heaven's strategies. We pull down on heaven's strategies, oh God, to unlock those chains that have been tried to place around your people, oh God. Lord, I declare chain-breaking authority through him and his team, oh God. Chain-breaking authority, oh God, that you would laugh in the face of the enemy. Father, I thank you that witchcraft has no hold on him, has no hold on his family, has no hold on his dreams. So we declare the authority of the Most High King to reign down over him and his family, over him and his team. We declare the peace of God, the peace of God. I just saw you And I think I saw it over just this night, you and your wife laughing in the face of the enemy, laughing at him. So Father, I thank you for greater levels of laughter. I declare that joy is your weapon, Kelly Shackelford. Joy is your weapon. And Father, we just thank you for an energy that is supernatural, a capacity that is supernatural to steward more, to oversee more supernatural capacity we pray the blessing of the lord upon this man and his family and his team in jesus mighty name amen
1: would you stretch your hands towards our friends and family list i said this to you last service but when i was praying for you i felt the warfare that you go into I felt that Mercy Culture Church needs to cover you. We are committed to covering you in prayer. Come on church, pray with me. So we just pray right now a hedge of protection around you. I pray right now that the enemy's attacks cannot land on you. I pray right now, even, I pray even now, Lord, that you would just lift every burden off of them right now. I pray every attack on their mind. We come against the voice of the enemy we come against the lies of the enemy we come against discouragement I come against that anxiety and depression those effects of witchcraft they try to come against these candidates Lord I pray right now that it would lift off you right now in Jesus name Lord we declare right now that your yoke is easy and your burden is light so I pray Lord you told us that we would dance in the way to the new year so I pray that 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 same dance that same joy would come upon them. Lord I pray right now that they would see you they would experience you they would encounter you in these seasons and in this race. Lord I pray right now that the blessing of the Lord the favor of the Lord is on them I pray over you this word of expanding territory and I pray right now 1 Chronicles four ten. I pray this all that you would bless them indeed that you would expand their territory you would put your hands of favor upon them and keep them from evil. I pray this again. I pray, I pray spiritual weight that's not yours to carry come off you now. Scripture tells us to cast our cares onto you. So I encourage you, friends and family, to cast your cares onto him. Lord, I speak peace into the hearts of these men and women, that their confidence is in you. I pray this now.
2: So we were singing that song in worship, the Liberty Bells ringing and the freedom. And it was so clear that this is why the, our evil culture and evil leadership attack the body of Christ because truth and freedom was founded in Jesus and the body of Christ. When there's a war against truth and freedom, it only makes sense to come after the place that it originally started and where the authority of truth and freedom came from. See, the sounds of freedom through worship and prayer is released through the house of God. And if you close the house of God, you close off the sounds of the gathering of the saints, the sounds of that truth and freedom that the Bible says is an aroma that shakes the heavens and shakes the earth. And so what I felt I was supposed to pray over you today, leaders, is that you would be vessels of His truth and His freedom So Lord, today I pray over these political leaders that the temptation to lead on the world's truth, on the opinions of man, oh, it's so loud. It's so loud, the opinions of man around you, how to run your race what type of speeches to give, what to say, what not to say. But Lord I pray today a silencing of the voices of lawlessness that would be around your righteous leaders and that oh God the sound of truth that comes from your word that comes for your presence oh God would be like a fire shot up in their bones. That Lord they could not waver. They could not waver from your truth. They could not waver from the freedom that you already paid on the cross. I declare these individuals vessels of your truth and of your freedom and father today I I pray the bold prayer that if they move from your truth if their seats become those to please themselves and to please men I pray that you would remove them from those seats but father I pray a holy success. Father, long standing terms, as long as they stand for righteousness and true justice, Father, I pray for your joy, for weapons of warfare to be upon them, and that your river would never run out, the peace of God would never run out, that every day that they glorify your name, that you would keep their feet standing firm on a firm foundation, unmoving I pray these politicians unmoving I declare that you will not bend you will not bow to the ways of the world but Lord we declare your supernatural strength to be risen Father within them to stand for truth and heaven's justice so Father today we bless them and I've been praying for a holy conviction and a humility that Father, if they get it wrong, that there would be a humility to repent, and that immediately those crooked ways within them would be made straight, so Father, they could make the crooked ways straight in this city and region. Father, so I pray furthermore than politicians, I pray over them reformers. Reformers like John the Baptist not willing or completely willing to put their head on the line to do what is right. Not right what is in their own eyes, but what is right in your eyes, Father. Father, there is no justice with no righteousness. So Father, I pray these men and women are filled with righteousness so that true justice would flow through them. And God, I pray that all all of the other politicians around them that the fire that you kindle within them, they would catch others on fire for your glory. I pray that these are not the only reformers, God, in this region, but Father, that you would use them as heralds of your good news to leaders all across this state and all across this nation. So Lord, we thank you for the boldness that is on this house. I pray for the boldness that is on this house to be released over every single one of them, God. The boldness that is on this house to stand firm, we declare within them. Boldness, more boldness, more boldness. We declare fear go, fear go in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill them, Holy Spirit. Come on, can you just intercede? For Holy Spirit to fill them. We declare for the Spirit of God to fill every single one of them. Holy Spirit, fill them now in Jesus' mighty name.
1: When I was praying for you this week, I heard the Lord say another layer of fear is gonna break off today. And this is what I heard, fear of man. So would you posture your hearts, lift your hands to receive. Lord, you told me you were gonna break fear off. So Lord, would you do what only you can do? I speak over this congregation fear of man go Holy Spirit come all over this place just breathe in the presence of God Galatians 1 says if we're trying to win the approval of man we're not a servant of Christ Lord we want your approval We wanna please you. Oh, that's it, that's it, that's it. Right now, just get this in your heart. Pleasing the Lord breaks the fear of man. Pleasing the Lord breaks the fear of man. Lay, lay your hands on your own heart right now. Come on, you pray right now. Tell the Lord you want to please Him right now. Come on, tell Him. and Use your own words right now. Just tell Him how much you want to please Him. Ephesians says this, find out what pleases the Lord. Father, I pray that we would please you in our families. We would please you in our relationships. We would please you in how we vote. We would please you in our jobs. Lord, I pray right now that all parts of our life, everything that we do, I pray that we would please you. And I pray that fear of man is coming off of us today. And a desire to please you is greater. One last time, as high as they go, lift your hands all over this place. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we want to be in unity with you. So I pray that unity with you would put us in unity with each other. Come on, breathe in the presence of God. Lord, I pray A protection around minds and hearts where the enemy will try to come in and sow seeds of discord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make us sensitive to you. I thank you that it's easy to hear you in your presence. So while we're in your presence, we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. I'm gonna pray our benediction over you so I pray over your people that you would teach them your ways more than anything that they would know you and find your favor we pray this now in Jesus mighty name you feel the presence of God here today If you need prayer for anything, come on down to the altar. Our prayer team will pray for you. We're going to thank everybody for your obedience in giving. There's a few ways that you can give. They're up on the screen. Hey, we love you guys. We will see you next week.